Kyle come Donald. I fucking love movies more than Doug Benson, so he should cancel his podcast. I specifically like horror movies, you know, Giallo, uh, Extreme, French Extreme, uh, Psychotronica, shit from the 80s that's bad, important stuff. And what other things are important to me? Uh... <laughs> uh, that's about it. What about you? Uh, I uh, My name is, is Sean. Sean McDonald. I didn't prepare uh, an opening. I, I like stories no, no, more than movies necessarily. Um, I'm also a huge fan. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. <laughs> and Brett Kavanaugh. Oh man, two two great guys. Just all around good fellas. Mm-hmm. Leave them alone with your wives, your daughters. Just great people. Yeah, and get those two guys together. You guys could lift some weights, drink a couple beers. Donald Trump doesn't drink beers or lift weights. I'm sure. No, I think I read somewhere that Donald Trump believes that like your body is like a battery, and the more you exercise, the sooner you'll die, which um, clearly mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. He's a good, smart, intelligent man, best uh-huh. brain. I yeah, believe. so he's still got a lot of energy left. I heard they had to move a lot of the offices in the White House so he didn't have to go up the stairs. So well, he's afraid of the stairs. So. Yeah, is that because um, he doesn't want to waste any of his extra energy on the stairs, or is it because he's got so little energy left he can't make it up the stairs? I like to assume that he's trying to conserve that battery power. Yeah, that's why, like at the G8 summit, he rode a golf cart. Everyone else walked. Yep, <laughs> real classy dude. He's a, basically he's um what a homeless person imagines being rich would be like, but like not even a modern homeless person like. A homeless person from 1890. Yeah. Uh, well, I like, saw that day, episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Solid gold rocket car. <laughs> or uh, Zoidberg when they get $300. Oh, yeah. want rich guy stuff. Wow, our friend Oysters Rockefeller here is prepared a feast. Hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that doesn't have anything to do with the movie we're watching today. Except for the movie we're watching today is a little bit um, kind of... Uh, uh, anti-government, slightly punk rock. It does have an I element to it. I think slightly punk rock is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's an element to it of it where it is just kind of like, government's dumb, am I right, everybody? And so we watched Return of the Living Dead, which is my favorite zombie movie of all time. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I really love Return of the Living Dead. It's a really good movie. It's, I mean, obviously, well, I guess we can talk about it later, but of the three movies we've watched so far, number one. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll probably be number one for a long time. I don't know. We're, we're going to watch Night of the Creeps next, which I really like. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Return of the Living Dead is going to stay number one over Night of the Creeps. <laughs> Creeps for me, for sure, but Night of the Living Creeps is pretty good, too. So, let's get into it. Return of the Living Dead. I will I will say that the it seems like the overall theme of the movie is that everybody is an idiot. Except for Juana Man. Juana Man, you mean the Voodoo Scooby Doo Man? Yeah, that's right, Voodoo yeah. Scooby Doo. <laughs> also Voodoo known as Spider. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> Every all these kids have all the punks have really good names. Spider, Trash, Suicide, Tunnel Rat, Jinx, Cobra <laughs> Commander. They're like GI Joe names. Yep. No, they're the Dreadnoughts. And then, uh, but then uh, the main dude, Freddy, has a regular name. And Tina. And Tina, his square-ass girlfriend. No, 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 man. This is She's the Jason Segel of SLC Punk here. She's the hardest core. She's the most punk of all of them. Oh. That's my read on this situation. There's nothing in the movie that suggests that, really. I know, but <laughs> let me have my own thing. <laughs> all right. It's your headcanon, right? That's what the kids they say <laughs> on Tumblr. There's nothing that suggests that, that to she... suggests otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Like, <laughs> she does survive longer than a lot of the characters. Yeah. 
<laughs> she got that going for him. Oh, so uh, real quick, I got to talk about Dan O'Bannon, the guy that directed it and wrote this movie. And I got to talk about some of his other writing credits because they're pretty good. So he wrote the screenplay for Alien. He also wrote uh, one of the segments for Heavy Metal. He also oh. apparently wrote for the actual Heavy Metal comics oh, cool. for a long period of time. And he wrote Total Recall. I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. Oh, Total Recall. <laughs> it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. The, oh, I'm, I'm uh, the Colin Farrell. Do, do they still have the scene, the Colin Farrell version, where he's on Mars and his eyeballs come out of his head? I don't. I never saw the Colin Farrell movie, so I can't tell you. I know it's based more off of the novel than oh. the Schwarzenegger movie, so I don't know. Well, it's also PG-13, I think, right? Yeah. So probably not. And then his other most important um, writing credit is a movie that we're definitely going to watch, and it's called Life Force. <laughs> and it's about vampires from space. And it's really funny. I believe all vampires are from space, are they not? Mm, not Edward Cullen from Twilight fame. Mm. Twilight's getting a following on the internet again. Like uh, You know how people are ironically appreciating the prequels? But now people generally genuinely like the prequels to Star Wars because people like miss the irony of it at first. Uh, I think the same thing's happening with Twilight now. Um, so my point is, on the internet, people are fucking dumb. <laughs> fucking dumb. I don't know if it's just the internet. As we've seen from this movie, it seems like everybody's just dumb. Or I guess the internet as a reflection of society as a well. whole. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's all I gotta say about Daniel Mannon. Uh, he seems like a pretty cool guy. Or he was a pretty cool guy. I guess he died in 2009. But he, this is... Really, on his only big directing credit, and he did a great job. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> did he didn't do Night of the Living Dead two or three? Oh no, Return of the Living Dead two or three? Nah, no. I don't think um, a lot of the creative staff that was involved in Return of the Living Dead were involved in any of the sequels. Yeah, I mean, more, that happens a lot with those eighty movies. Yeah, they're more studio oriented mm-hmm. rather than someone's project they wanted to make. The uh, the movie opens up with uh, with a couple of uh, great guys. Bert and Frank, yeah, training uh, to train the new guy, Freddy. Training Freddy, uh, yeah. That's like my first note is Frank is a nice dude. I like uh, how like sort of like cavalier, encouraging he is to Freddy. <laughs> no, I like I really enjoyed Frank's character. I actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed the the, da- the guy that played Frank. Like uh, Gonzalez was my pick for you know best actor and, and character in uh, Cobra. I think Frank is my my pick for Return of the Living Dead. There's a couple of scenes where I think just, he just acts really well too. Yeah, so uh, I agree with you on Frank. Ernie's really good too. When we oh yeah, Ernie, yeah, we'll get to him later. I have some. Notes <laughs> no, no, I, have a, <laughs> I have a really soft spot spot for uh, Linnea Quigley's character Trash. What? <laughs> the way she delivers all of her lines is so good. <laughs> it's just so it's so over the top, uh-huh. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, she has this um really almost monotone, disaffective way disaffected way of speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember if you remember my most recent ex-girlfriend, Kat. I don't know if you remember that much. But she talked like that, too. So I, this is the first time I noticed it watching this movie. I was like, oh, it sounds like Kat. I don't know. There's <laughs> just something funny about it. <laughs> you ever think of death? <laughs> think about dying? Dying. Or, <laughs> no, I try not to. <laughs> I like death. I like death. <laughs> yeah, it's she so doesn't weird. sound so great in the car when her skin's burning. No, because um, she's done well. That's why I kind of like the character because 
she's playing a character who's playing a character, a character earlier right. in the movie, like trying to be tougher and weirder than she is. But then as soon as like trouble arises, she's just you know a regular ass person. <laughs> we'll get to it, her part because I, I have um, from, uh, you have some of her great classic lines. <laughs> Frank brings up a really good point early on about the fucking skeletons and the perfect teeth. Yeah, so he says there's a farm, there must be a skeleton farm in India because, yeah, who dies with perfect teeth? Except for uh, George Clooney, I assume. Well, I mean, you gotta assume there are caps, right? Well, I'm sure they're veneers. Right. Yeah. My teeth, my adult teeth weren't great to, be, to begin with. I remember my dad asked if I wanted to get braces because I didn't necessarily need them, but, you know, for aesthetics or whatever, and I was like, nah, I don't need braces. And I actually still don't regret it because I think it's more interesting when people have dynamic teeth, anyway. But, <laughs> dynamic teeth. Yeah, but my British teeth is what you're talking. About. I guess, but yeah, my teeth aren't movie star level. I don't know. There's some movie stars with some crooked ass teeth. They get the job done though. They're only for chewing up meat. Um, yeah, you know, like Steve Buscemi. Oh, so um, another thing is when they so Steve Buscemi looks like he's stuck at the end of Total Recall. Yeah, waiting for Arnold Schwarzenegger to turn the the uh, oxygen back on. <laughs> He's got really fleshy, exposed eyes. Um, I watched the Death of Stalin the other day, which is a really good movie. But uh, Steve Buscemi got really old all of a sudden. Like he looks like an old man. I mean, I noticed that in uh, Boardwalk Empire, he's starting to look really old. Mm, he plays Nikita Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Oh, is it? oh wait, I have, Khrushchev is a fatter man in my head. I think he was. He oh, is this Khrushchev during when Stalin was? was when in? he's no, seizing no. power after Stalin dies. It's no. uh, probably like one of the funniest movies I've seen in years. It reminds me of a Coen Brothers movie, but slightly more dry. Uh, so he takes the perfect teen skeleton. He's all put it in that box there. He teaches him how to pack it. Uh, that like those strips of paper. That's called Excelsior. Mm-hmm. I'm. Excelsior! <laughs> yeah, that's how I wrote it in my notes as if Stan Lee said it. And I was like, what? Excelsior? I thought, I don't know, because Stan Lee says it with so much enthusiasm, and I'm really only familiar with it from Stan Lee. Right. I was assuming it was like. Wowza! Some crazy. balls, Or just some crazy psychedelic drink that he had in the 60s. Then that's how he came up with Spider Man and S4. <laughs> I mean, don't say that it, only he's responsible, because. You know, Jack Kirby. That's you true. did go? No, I, I'm going to get a, a lot of angry emails about people saying that you're giving Stanley too much. <laughs> oh, I'm just um, towing the line with Marvel where we basically just act like Jack Kirby didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, I, throughout this entire movie, I'm like really impressed with just like this, this scene, uh, the set dressing. Like everything just looks really authentic to me. Like the warehouse has a bunch of weird like wallpapers on the walls and there's like nudie magazines and the mm-hmm. same thing with the mortuary like every scene just feels real yeah you feel like you're actually in oh this is a warehouse for sure yeah oh i mean like you can kind of tell it's a set but it's still like no, this no i mean is it a- feels like a set because they like don't it's a movie and the mm-hmm. lighting's weird but like they just, they just dress it up really well the, they don't have like very much inventory though but i guess they're a small medical supply company right and is uh you need a medical medical supplies <laughs> Yeah, but they got skeletons, and then he shows them the split dogs, right? Yeah, chopped in half dogs, and then he's like, "You want to see something real spooky?" Right, and they you know, they head down the stairs. Well, first, first, oh, he, no, they just first he tells them the story. Well, he also just shows them the cadaver. Oh right, right. and, and they like, show him, you know, that's a dead body, all right. Mm-hmm. That was a dead fella. 
And Freddy's a little creeped out. And he's kind of, Frank's kind of playing it up a little bit. He's like, usually our stock's not so low, but you know, you gotta keep them fresh. Keep them fresh. <laughs> but yeah, then they go upstairs and he's telling the spooky story. I wrote uh, that this is clearly them begging George Romero not to sue them for this story. I Wasn't there something? I don't think there was any direct legal trouble with it. Uh, I think at one point they didn't want them to use Of the Living Dead. Who didn't, though? Romero or somebody else? Because I didn't see, like... It wasn't Romero. Romero. No. Because at one point, um, they wanted to get Romero involved in this movie, even if he just wanted to do a little cameo or something like that. But they never contacted him back. Because he's making Dawn of the Dead at the time. Which is another classic zombie movie. Or I guess he was making Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead would come out before this movie, but... Yeah. I'm sure... Was he making... Day of the Dead, possibly? Day of the Dead? Yeah, because so... This is 86, right? Yeah, Dawn of the Dead was like 79. Yeah, it would be Day of the Dead, because I think that was around 86. Speaking of Romero, the story he tells him is, oh, basically, Night of the Living Dead was real. (laughs) They just made George Romero change all the story details. Right. But the problem here is, he said those events took place in 1969. Night of the Living Dead came out in 68. So this movie, done. Well, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Or you can just assume that Frank doesn't know all the details, yeah, right? Right? Obviously. Always, Frank's not exactly a reliable storyteller. Like I mean, that. he's the second in command at a very small medical supply <laughs> company. He's got it all together. He's second in command with one person underneath him. At the end, he's like, oh, they stripped him here by mistake. And in my head, I'm like, why don't? Why didn't you contact him and send him back? Why are you holding on to him? So the movie can happen. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's the reason, but logically, like, he tells this long story, and he's like, eh, I should hear by mistake because they're a bunch of idiots. We just kept them. I, he doesn't have a throwaway line about, like, nah, you know how the army is. Yeah, that's a, he says it in the story at the end. He's like, the army, uh, it's, you know, tip of army, fuck up symptom here instead of Dower Chemicals. Oh, yeah, which is, Dower is Dow Dow Chemicals, yeah, yeah 100%. produced Asian <laughs> Orange. <clears throat> I read this coincidentally the other day. Did you know that they were using Asian orange in New Zealand up until the 80s? Really? They were using it to clear out bush and stuff. No. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it seems dangerous. <laughs> Sorry, New Zealand. <laughs> well, I mean, if you were using it yourself, it's your own fault at that point. Yeah. By 1980, you should know. Yeah, I don't think people are like, hell yeah, give us that Asian orange. Hell yeah, man, give us that Asian orange. We got to get rid of the bush out here. I guess that New Zealand accent like a fly about it. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give us Asian orange, yeah. <laughs> I guess that, that's... Surplus the, Asian orange, yeah. That, that's a really specific New Zealand accent because that was restarted. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you're an eat, Brit. Hey, Brit. You're, you're bad. I, I only can do one New Zealand accent and it's restarted. You mean sure? <laughs> restarted. If we would have kept playing Dungeons and Dragons, you would have found out I had a character that had to restart his voice. Restart was in there. He was in the <laughs> mystical realms. That, uh, which would be, if I was watching a Dungeons and Dragons movie and Restarby showed up, I'd be like, yeah. Oh, you, you saw the Metro Brothers with Restarby, right? Wow, is it one of the most recent episodes? It was the fourth episode, the one right after Dean goes to college. Uh, I think I've only seen the first three then. Because oh. I don't remember here. Reese. Um, so, uh, Daryl oh, uh, yeah. Chemicals, Dow Chemical, who's, you know, shitty corporation. And then, you know, they take him downstairs and this, we're introduced to Chekhov's third step here. Yep. I have that in my notes too, third step foreshadowing. <laughs> third step's a real bitch. There is also like a, I guess the, the there's a lot of uh, foreshadowing to the army just being real shit. Incompetent and useless, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, they, he, Frank, you know, alludes to that when they tells the story because they should the wrong spot. And then he's like, "Look at these tanks!" And he's like, "Don't worry, it's not gonna pop." The Army Corps engineers did this bad boy. <laughs> Boom! Bam. And then the Reefer Madness, the greatest soundtrack of all time, starts. Oh yeah, I said. <laughs> I put uh, 1984 Ghostbuster sequence begins now. <laughs> oh yeah, it was kind of similar to to the the, the containment exploding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that song used to give me uh, anxiety as a kid. Well, just because the uh, the vocals was like, hmm. oh, the Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters, oh, magic, magic. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, what magic, magic? <laughs> You're like, I like magic before this song. <laughs> I don't know if I like magic now. Yeah. So yeah, Army Corps of Engineers, they're shitty. Army's shitty. I will say that I th- f- there is uh, an angle you can take that everything from. After the containment opening is a hallucination. Oh, for Eternal Living Dead? Yeah. But it's just Frank and uh, and Bert's hallucination. Or, I mean, for, uh, Freddy? Freddy and uh, Frank's uh, but hallucination. But they're hallucinating... They're hallucinating all, 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 side all the events. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would make sense for why Trash gets naked and dances and they all have, like... Synchronized like <laughs> flare party around I, I think that's the only way Trash's entire arc makes sense because there's a point where like they she's eaten alive by zombies but then she comes back as a fully formed zombie mm-hmm. with no missing parts which is not how we see any of the other zombies look yeah but she does look really cool uh, yeah I mean, she's like, got like the elongated mouth yeah she looks like a Tasmanian tiger she kind of looks like David Bowie as yeah. a zombie she does a little have a little David Bowie ass. like Aladdin sane David Bowie thin white duke no, a thin white duke was a fascist, and he wore a vest all the time. She wasn't wearing anything. Mm-mm. Well, stockings. Yep. That's she, how you know she's sexy, she has stockings. Yep, we gotta keep those long socks on. We skip some spots. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, but after they get contaminated, we get the cool Ghostbusters sort of montage. The soundtrack's really great. And then we gotta go check in on this old white guy named Dick Cheney. Some nerd who works for the government. Um, he loves lamb chops. Oh, I mean, he had him for lunch, but he doesn't want him for dinner. He's pissed about dinner. I guess he doesn't like him that much. But... I'm gonna, I'm gonna date myself here. When I worked uh, a few years ago at a place, I walked by someone on a payphone, like you know, you could say you, this is back when cell phones weren't super common. You had like mm-hmm. not necessarily payphones, but they had phones for any employee to use. Yeah, you know, like the the break room. Mm-hmm. And some dude was on the phone. He's like, he's like, oh, what do we have for dinner? It's like, oh, no, I don't like that. Let's have something else. You gotta make something else. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, huh? Just like that. That's like the same fucking attitude. <laughs> well, um, my thought when I first heard that line was, um, who the fuck has lamb chops for lunch? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Where'd he get them? He had to go to yeah, like, like, a restaurant, um, right? Yeah. On base? <laughs> That's like a really heavy I can't mention this all selling lamb chops, right? No, all right, I'm, it's noon, lunchtime. I'm gonna go sit down to lamb chop dinner apparently well he does seem to be an he, asshole he's, yeah i mean he doesn't he does not like his wife he doesn't like anything from what i gather besides lamb chops but he's a very wealthy military guy so yeah i think that's base uh that's his base house isn't it well, maybe he's an important military guy he's an important so military i'm guessing guy. he has enough time on his lunch to just go have a full meal yeah i'm sure he does he probably takes two hour lunch four hours even yeah. but they gotta know where he is at all times he's got a Really shitty radio he has to report into when he goes home. And it messes with the microwave. No, it messes with the oven. The microwaves from the radio messes with oh, the oven. Oh, that's what it is. And probably, like, their brains. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but so basically, they allude to the fact that he's looking for something, and clearly he's looking for those corpse canisters. Yeah, yeah, that's a cl- that's obviously what he's uh, talking about. But then he drinks some whiskey very intensely in a close-up. There's a lot of really intense close-ups. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're back to Freddy and uh, Frank. Well, we, we skipped the, uh, the punk rock intro. Oh, yeah. So, hell yeah, you get to meet fucking coolest dudes on the planet they're uh well we saw him a little bit earlier because that's when trash is like i like death you like, like death? death no um but now we get to see scuzz who is the punkest punk that ever punked in a movie he's just all in leather he's got a chain i thought his name was suicide wasn't scuzz the other one no that guy is scuzz the guy with all the leather and chains and shit suicide is the mohawk guy god damn it. i can't keep him straight they just have too many cool names suicide scuzz trash Bitch boy. Uh, that's, I think that's. Squee. Donkey Dan. <laughs> Tobin. Tobin. Lifting weights with Tobin. Drinking beers. Lifting weights. Tobin. <laughs> dad. Tobin's dad. Oh, dad. Tobin. I think Tobin's dad touched him. <laughs> I think Tobin's dad, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. Push that one. Uh, yeah, but so we, uh, we see the rest of the punk rock gang. And uh, driving his shitty car. He doesn't have gas. Yeah, he so. says that because he's like, I don't got to drive around too. I don't got no gas. I don't got no gas. You got gas? Let's go hang out in this graveyard for a while. Yeah, and Trash is like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Death. I love graveyards. And she's uh, talking to, to Spider, uh, Juana Man. And... Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about death? <laughs> What's your favorite way of dying? I think about death all the time. My favorite way to die is if someone eats a bunch of old men surrounding me, eating me alive. Oh, that's not foreshadowing. I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> that's actually a little bit later. Um, we just see him break into the graveyard at this point. Yeah, and then we go back to Freddy and uh, Frank waking up from their uh, drunken stupor. Yeah, and they're like, damn, I can still smell that. Ugh, just freebase some zombie. <laughs> oh, all that dew smell. Ugh. And they check out the canister, and one of the zombies melted all away. Or did it? Mm-hmm. He's not there anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. Um, I noticed that they're both really sweaty, and I was like, hey, that's why I look like all the time. <laughs> Arizona's whack. She got some zombie in it? No, it's just hot in Arizona. And then they go upstairs like, man, this is a crazy day. We're having a real wild one out here. Well, they go and they hear that one of the split dogs making noise, right? Right, and then Frank's like, oh, God, what's that? I'm going to beat you down with a golf club. <laughs> I felt so bad for that zombie dog. <laughs> Frank, got, <laughs> Frank got real scared. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> he does, Frank's acting in this is great. He does a lot of overacting, but it's like perfect for his character. I, I think it fits. I mean, but let's be honest with yourself. How the hell are you going to react if there's a half-split dog barking at you? I'd probably be like, oh, God, <laughs> Like, at the t- when I was watching it, I'm like, man, he's overacting a little bit. And then I thought about it a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm like, Maybe they're not. holding a dude down and selling his deck <laughs> off. If anything, he's underplaying it. <laughs> oh, yeah, so they smash the dog with the crutch. Yeah, I think it's a crutch. It's a crutch, but they don't kill it. No, because it's still just kind of, I mean, the zombies in this movie are really tough. Can't just kill it with the crutch. Ridiculous. But you can't kill him, period, really. They get distracted because all of a sudden you just hear someone going, ah! <laughs> which is the best introduction to a threat in a movie I've ever seen. And it's because the corpse is alive in the corpse freezer and he's just real fucking upset. Because <laughs> he's, when, <laughs> as you see, well, I mean, we saw just... I've 
position this from Frank's perspective, but let's say that you were a corpse that woke up in a corpse freezer. Mm-hmm. Would you be upset and scream? Yeah, I'd just be... I guess that'd be me. I'd just be yelling and banging. Uh, and then also, you get to see uh, a subtle little feature. I don't know if you noticed it, but all the butterflies on the butterfly board are wiggling around. Oh, that was cool. Because like they're that. alive, too. That's what I'm talking about. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, fuck, man, let's lock him in. And then they run up to the top of the office because we got to call the boss. You know, there's a point where Frank's like, what are you, Frank's like, we got to call the cops. What are you going to do? And Frank's like, you can't call the cops. You want to keep this job, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, first of all, there's dead things all over the place. No, he doesn't want to keep the job. And, and B, it's a fucking stockroom job. It's a shitty job anyways. Well, his reaction to that and how he breaks it down like this, too. You want to lose? Don't you want to keep this job? You can't call the cops. It's mm-hmm. as if strange illegal things happen at this warehouse often <laughs> enough. Time. It's like, no, we don't ever call the cops, man. We just figure it out. There's a code here. I don't fuck with no cops. Yeah, if we call the cops, come here and kick our asses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they do go up into the office upstairs to call the boss, man. <laughs> I love the way Frank prepares himself. <laughs> and the office, you know, in the background, there's an eye test. Mm-hmm. And it, it was... says Bert is a slave driver <laughs> and some other things. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's pretty good. Again, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also Bert and Ernie are gonna be like two main heroes in the movie. Apparently, that was just coincidence. I don't believe that for a fucking second. Down Bannon said he wasn't thinking of it when he. I'm wrote. sure he wasn't thinking of it, but oh. it doesn't mean it's not subconscious. Yeah, Bert and Ernie. Freddie also suggests calling the army. And uh, Frank says, what are you, fucking idiot? <laughs> Haven't you been in the rest of the movie? It was a joke. And we saw it too. Are they going to call Dick Cheney? He was a dick. Cheney. Won't even eat lamb chops twice. His wife made a delicious... Ethel made a damn delicious lamb chop dinner. And all he had for her was was, was hate. Sass. Sassafras. Was her name Ethel? It was Ethel. Yeah, he. it was just straight up hate. He was like, man... He didn't like his wife. Fucking Ethel. They, uh, there's a part right after they call Bert and um, that they show like, the outside the cemetery again. And I think Resurrection Cemetery slash Mortuary is just a little on the mm-hmm. nose. Yeah, you know what it, you already know what it is. Uh, uh, this is the point too after they call Frank where we uh, get to see Trash. This is when she's like, uh, did you ever think about death? Uh, think about death all the time. Death. And she strips down and does a dance. Um, the most interesting to me thing to me about the dance sequence is, uh, um, well, I mean, when they pull out the road flares and they're like, you know, <laughs> highlighting their dance moves. That's weird. But also, she just had like tear away shorts on. Mm-hmm. Apparently she does this all the time because what uh, one of the other characters oh, is like trash. She's getting naked again. again. And, and clearly they were prepared because they were bringing in the road flares. Yeah, for what are those road flares? What for? <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll know when it happens. <laughs> it is a it, it, it's a lot of unnecessary nudity. I'll tell you that in this movie. Mm. Uh, well, to balance it out, the director Daniel O'Bannon said if he would have realized how many um, women would have gone to see this movie. He would have had Freddy get naked in it too. So I mean, I guess, why didn't he do it? Because <laughs> uh, he thought he was writing it for a young male audience, and it's the eighties. So you're telling me he's kind of a piece of shit. I'm telling you he's a Hollywood writer <laughs> in the late seventies, early eighties period. Yeah, so, that's yeah. what I said. <laughs> it's kind of a sketchy guy, probably. And yeah, his solution to it to balance it out is, oh, I'll just have someone else get naked. Yeah, more nudity. So, you know, some other young actor in their first movie just have them get naked. Yeah, so, uh, Linnea, uh, Linnea, Linnea, I'm not sure how you pronounce the name, but the woman that plays Trash is, uh, 
She's naked in a lot of movies. She's but. famous for being naked in a lot of 80s horror movies. And she even has a cameo in Devil's Rejects where she's naked. Obviously. As an older woman. So Cool. Uh, shit. Oh, it was at this point, also, according to my notes, when I realized that Spider was the voodoo guy from Scooby-Doo. Oh, I realized it right away. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. He's the only one with, I said, I think I said it at the beginning of the plug, but he is the only one with any sense in this entire movie. Uh-huh. He also stands out from the other punks, where you're like, this guy will probably be in other movies. Yeah. And the other kids are just like, yeah, we pick them up off the streets in Hollywood, and like, hey, you want to be in a movie? Yeah, like, Freddy's acting is really shitty. Um, until he becomes a zombie, and then it's actually okay. Uh-huh. He's got one of the best lines in the movie coming up, though. <laughs> so after that weird dance sequence, so you can get gratuitous nudity in there, uh, there's another really good joke that happens, because uh, Bert shows up, and they're like, we gotta take care of this zombie, and they're basing him off of Nightwing Dead, so we gotta destroy the brain, right? Freddy asks, well, what are doctors used to destroy brains? And Frank says, surgical drills, but then... Bert rolls up and he just got a pickaxe. And he's like, oh. <laughs> That'll do it too. <laughs> There's a part too when I think all three of them are, are standing outside the about to open up the uh, the corpse cellar. And Frank goes, it sounds sore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he would at that point. He's been dead a while. They're about to like re-kill some guy. So he's upset understandably but uh freddy's gonna pop that door and frank is gonna brain him but it doesn't quite work out that way because frank chokes a little bit but really the zombie guy just moves fast <laughs> as fuck because like trying to kill yeah, bert jukes right past him yeah trying to get bert uh but they uh freddy saves the day he tackles him down nice little rugby tackle from behind it's probably a legal maneuver in the nfl <laughs> but they hold him down get him with pickaxe and surprise it doesn't kill him and this is when the best line happens and Freddy goes, you mean the movie lied? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the whole thing, too, is they should have maybe suspected that this might not work because they even said that they forced George Romero to turn, change some of the details, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all within the fantasy of the movie. I just really like that line. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> the movie lied. You mean the movie lied. He lies to me. He's so upset about it. <laughs> Another solution to this, obviously, is like, well, if we destroy him, the brain didn't work, let's just cut off the head. That, obviously, he'll be dead then. Yes, yeah, so they get the bone saw. And bone saw is, is ready. ready. Oh, yeah. Bone saw is ready. <laughs> As a new tangent to go off on, have you ever seen uh, Macho Man when he appeared on the Arsenio Hall show? No. And <laughs> Is it good? Oh, it's, it's gotta be. really good. <laughs> Arsenio asked him something about being a macho man, like, oh, so you're a macho man, do you ever cry or anything? And he's like, of course, brother. Being a macho man <laughs> means you're in touch with your feelings. <laughs> uh, this is a really good answer. And I was like, damn, macho man. <laughs> All right, Randy Savage, I got you. <laughs> Randy Papa. <laughs> Ooh, macho man's in touch with his feelings. Macho man cries. <laughs> he really loved Miss Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. Hulk Hogan, you're a buster. <laughs> I actually went through... Quite a few of his older interviews from, like, his, like, you know, the height of his career. And yeah. I forgot much, man. Like, he was crazy, but he was interesting to watch. Yeah. He seemed like a cool dude. Yeah. I mean, for a wrestler, yeah. I think they're all... Be a man. Cardi Hulk. Be a man, Hogan. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if there's any ever weird shit about Macho Man, like... Just that rumor that he slept with uh, Stephanie McMahon, right? When she was, like, 17? Oh, yeah, that's right. But I don't know if that's true or... Uh, I don't... 
But it's I also like true or not, right? It's also like it could easily be true because, as you said, carny folk. Yeah, wrestlers up until pretty recently. I mean, even some of them, some of the, there's still like some second generation wrestlers now that are kind of carny folk. But, and, yeah, well, there's good stuff though. They're just out there murdering, raping, getting in bar fights, drugging each other, and yeah, well, <laughs> shitting each other's foods. Apparently, like British Bulldog and Jimmy Apple Nightheart used to drug their wives and rape them anally. So, you know what I mean? Like, crazy shit. It seems like wrestlers were horrible people. Yeah. Is that true? Is that a rumor? No, I swear it's in, like, someone's book. Well, I mean, it doesn't make it true. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. But uh, based on that, British Bulldog, I'm glad you died young. Well, I mean, all the wrestlers died young. Jim Neihard made it a pretty long time, right? He only recently died. Yeah, like, few months ago now i'm glad you dead too fool you shouldn't say that about the dead or something hitler's the only person you can say that about i think mo- i can say that about most professional wrestlers too they all seem like they're shitty people genghis khan i'm glad you're dead fool yeah take that genghis genghis, genghis. Oh, no i'm gonna pronounce it genghis i'll pronounce it the fuck i want you're dead what are you gonna do about it <laughs> he's a capital g great man well that's what uh dan carlin said but not great as in yeah well i mean i've said this before but like Impactful. It's better to be a good man than a great man. It's better to be. Well, I couldn't remember the Jay Z quote I wanted to use. So <laughs> damn. Imagine I said some great Jay Z line there. There's only like five of them. That's right. I don't think Jay Z. If you were Ari Melber, you'd remember it. If I was what Ari Melber, you know that NBC that. Oh it's yeah. It's so weird. His <laughs> love of hip hop. It's clearly genuine, but it is yeah. so odd to hear him when he just puts it in random places. <laughs> like, All right. And it's like the news speak mm-hmm. tone, and it it's always kind of really effective to the message he's going for, mm-hmm. though. So like at least she said, "Hello, come over here, you fine fellow." Uh, yeah. So I don't think Jay Z's that good. But back to the story, I guess. <laughs> I clearly forgot where we were in this. Oh, they're cutting off the head. <laughs> oh yeah and when, like, the, when they cut off the head and that zombie stands up immediately I'm like oh shit it's time to split because <laughs> I think of that meat man from Time Splitters and, like yeah. playing with <laughs> the moose is loose I thought I thought about this recently like when everybody else was like playing Halo together like we were playing like Time Splitters Time Splitters is dope the moose is loose <laughs> that was a reference to OJ right I got to be juice loose, yeah. But it was a moose instead. I'm sure, like, mooses in general have killed more white women, but that's not generally what you think of when you see a moose. <laughs> when you see OJ, he killed a white woman. Is it, is it important that she's white, huh? No, but I just think it makes the, the joke um, more intense. <laughs> <laughs> he really killed that lady. Have you ever seen any of, like, the crime photos from it? Yeah, I've seen the crime photos from it. Well, I mean, who hasn't? What not the we... ones that like were on the news all the time every day, but the ones where you can like actually see how murderized she is. It's pretty gruesome. He like basically decapitated her. Yeah. Thanks, internet. Hey, back to decapitations. <laughs> yeah, and this is uh, thankfully a nice like cheesy '80s uh, makeup effect, and it's not scary gruesome. Like Nicole Brown Simpson's death. <laughs> really cool, man. <laughs> but it's yeah, so like caught up his head, and that doesn't even work. He's still wiggling around. Well, I mean, obviously, zombies. The zo- there was a half zombie. Again, there was a half zombie dog. Half its brain was gone. You should know that this is not going to work. <clears throat> what if the skeletons were to come alive? They wouldn't be able to move them. Yeah, that's my thing. Like maybe they were alive, but they couldn't move. Why do they move around in uh, Game of Thrones? Magic. Um, 
then this is science, not magic. Obviously. Yes, <laughs> science. You heard it was like the Triglophon 456 gas. Uh, you have it written down, don't you? Yep, 245 Trioxin. <laughs> I actually have a shirt that says it on it, because I really love this movie. <laughs> it's like uh, one of the only things I'll buy merchandise for. You uh, you also subscribed to the Venture Brothers for the month club a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have a Black Phillip um, Funko Pop doll. It's the only Funko Pop doll I have, because the rest of them are whack. Those are for you nerdy neckbeards on the internet. <laughs> Fuck you, boys. But I do have Black Phillip, because he's dope. Black Phillip's the evil goat that's actually the devil and the witch. Mm. Yeah, he's a uh, Black Phillip. Black Phillip, he's the king of everything. Black Phillip. Black Phillip. Who's not appearing in this movie? The zombie does look like the yellow bastard from Sin City. Oh, he does look like the yellow bastard. I didn't hit that. Well, I guess he's yellow. That's about it, but... No, he's yellow and bald and... He doesn't have that weird nose. And he doesn't talk, so we don't know if he sounds like... Hey, Harrigan. <laughs> Well, if isn't it up to me how he sounds, I don't care. Well, the movie made his voice. I read the comics. I get oh, to make yeah, the voice in my own head. The movie's really good. But what if I'm, hey, Harrigan, I like touching little girls. Mm. That makes him, like, kind of scary. <laughs> in the movie, he just seemed like a weirdo. He had a cool knife, though. It looked like the knife from Cobra. Pig. Let's bleed, pig. Let's bleed, Harrigan. Oh, so they don't show him, um, like, quartering the guy, but they chop him up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a feeling that might have been filmed, but not shown. Maybe, but they since he was, like, so corpsified, like, when they were removing the head, it was basically, like, he's all dried out and formaldehyde, so it wasn't super gruesome. I feel like they could have been able to do delimbing and get away with it. Bert's like, oh, look. Ernie's still out there and his mortician and he's got a, himself a furnace. We're gonna burn these bad boys up. Yeah. Take care oh. of it. Problem solved. <laughs> he runs up that like uh, little metal catwalk thing. Catwalk thing and he, he's gotta clean the window. Yeah. And he's like, man, I wonder what's all over that window. Yeah, they're in a medical supply. It's probably grime. It's it's like corpse dust. It's, yeah, it's corpse grime. <laughs> Gross. You got that dookie everywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, fuck yeah, Ernie's awake. And then they cut to Ernie and it's a close up and like right away, like, oh shit. That's a mortician, all right? Yeah, he looks like a corpse a little bit himself. It's always interesting when older men get that, like... The ring around their really eyes. Really dark circles around their eyes. Like, Robert De Niro's always had it, but, like, now as an old man, it looks pretty intense. I feel like one of our relatives had it, but I can't remember which old man it was. I'm trying to think, but I don't know. I think it's, yeah. It wouldn't matter to the audience at home. But. Nope. But anyways, uh, it's a dynamic look. I kind of hope that happens to my eyes when I get old. Isn't it, like, a sign of iron deficiency? Just, uh... Stop drinking all that blood. Oh, yeah. Got it. Bert's got to run over there and convince Ernie to help him out. And we get to learn quite a bit about rig and mortis. Um, I don't know if the science is accurate in that scene. I don't know anything about more, uh, yeah, mortuary I sciences. So. Yeah, I don't know enough about rig and mortis to know for sure. I mean, it's, it kind of makes sense, I guess. But when he says it starts in the brain, I was like, well, wouldn't it just... I thought it was just, like, lactic acid buildup in the muscles or something. I don't really know. I, um, I, the closest I've ever gotten to, like, the like a mortuary science or anything that, where I could potentially learn that is when I was in EMT classes, there was the mortuary science building right next door. And that's, that's the closest I've gotten to learning anything about it. <laughs> and you didn't knock on the door and ask them about the scientific accuracy of Return of the Living Dead. Right? <laughs> Coops always wants to, like, audit a mortuary class. <laughs> I think mortuary sciences would be interesting, but, you know, I like death. 
Um, so they they convince Ernie. First, they tell him it's like rabid weasel, which is like mm-hmm. the worst excuse he ever. Like, I don't know why on the walkover they thought that was gonna work. Yeah, I like the interaction between Bert and Ernie though. Um, I like the every action between Bert and Ernie. Yeah, they're both really good actors, and they're just, like so casually cool. But I like uh, Bert's like, how long have we been friends, Ernie? Twenty five, thirty years. Like, damn, this is long ass time. Seems weird that you'd have to convince him so hard after like thirty years. You think you'd be like, all right, whatever, just melt these weasels. Well, because I, I I think you know Ernie feels a little bad for burning alive weasels. You would think that, but I'm gonna blow your mind and let you know that Ernie. Is a Nazi in hiding. How? Alright, so... Oh, the Luger pistol! He's got a Luger pistol. <laughs> he's listening to, like, the Panzer March on his headphones when we first see him. He's got a picture of Ava Braun in his mortuary and a caricature of Hitler. Um, later on, when it starts raining, he says a German phrase in German that's like, it's pissing like a ger- drunk German or a drunk <laughs> officer or something like that. He's a secret Nazi. He's in hiding. Oh my god, I didn't catch it at all! And he works in the mortuary... He knows how to run a crematorium. Um, yeah, he's a secret Nazi. And, but then he says he feels bad about killing weasels. But he says it's okay if he kills them first rather than burning them alive. So Maybe um, that's his thing, right? So I guess he wasn't working at Auschwitz. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Dachau man? <laughs> yeah, he's a Dachau man. Love it. Love it in Dachau. Oh, we also see Freddy's got his like uh, Letterman jacket on. It's not like a personal Letterman jacket because he's a punk. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the back, it says, fuck you, on." <laughs> and I learned that they filmed uh, that scene and other scenes where he wears a jacket with a different version so it could be shown on TV. And on the back of that jacket, it says TV version. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I remember watching this movie on TV as a kid. And I like how did, how much do they have to cut? Because there's no way. Uh, or do they film separate scenes for like trashes shit, too? <clears throat> no, I think they probably just cut her, um, cut around it, or like they try to yeah. like matte paint over her. Yeah, I don't remember, remember the last time I watched it on TV. But right. I remember watching it on TV <laughs> when you were, we were really young. It had to be like '96, I guess. Yeah, because I've owned it on DVD. Oh, and speaking of which, um, the only reason it got released on DVD is because of this crazy internet campaign one guy did about how it needed to be released on DVD. He got in contact with Dan O'Bannon, a bunch of people who worked on the movie. Then mm-hmm. he got them in contact with MGM and got, like, he got them to release the DVD. So thanks, that guy. Someone should do that with Pete and Pete because I really want the uh, third season. <clears throat> they never release it? They released first two seasons on DVD, but not the third one. Oh, I guess the secret stuff. Doesn't The series ends when older Pete gets a bad haircut, right? Yeah, that's the last episode. <laughs> he had that haircut in real life for a while because older Pete became a punk for a while. Yeah. Um... Do you remember that movie Snow Days, Nickelodeon? Yeah. That was supposed to be a Pete and Pete movie. That would have been That's a lot like better what, than what they made. Bus Driver Stu was in it. Oh, shit, but it wasn't Bus Driver Stu, right? Yeah, that would have been really good. I think Mom and Dad were in it, too, weren't they? From Pete and Pete? I don't know. It had Maybe Dad was. Uh, whatever. Had a... Uh, Ziggy Pop in it? Ziggy Pop. Love. Uh, it had a... Uh, Drake or Josh, whichever one was the fat one. Josh Peck. Josh. That was like his first Nickelodeon thing, I think. Uh, anyways, back to this good movie instead of the bad Nickelodeon movie to sell the kids. Because Nickelodeon's almost as bad as Disney. And not what are you as... talking about? Spongebob's not long in my tooth. <clears throat> I, 20 years going strong. Man, I read this article on the internet the other day. It was like, there'll never be a cartoon like Spongebob again. Like, fucking, it's not The Simpsons or any shit like that. Get out of here. 
SpongeBob like revisionism just because all the five year olds are now 20. I'm turning into a grumpy old man. <laughs> SpongeBob didn't do anything special. Rocco and Ren and Stippy did the same shit 10 years before. Well, I mean, like, fucking Futurama exists. Simpsons exists. I understand SpongeBob is technically geared towards children because it was on Nickelodeon, but to think that there's some relevancy to it that's going to transcend time or it has important stories to tell or any bullshit like that no it's a fucking goofy ass tv show it's when not... i think of like, um, like cartoons that I, I i i don't know that i would watch again or repeatedly watch mental is not really one of them no it doesn't it's not um a master class of storytelling it doesn't have affecting episodes the jokes aren't even that good it's just surrealism and non-sequiturs and yelling and shit i don't know it's just a bad portent for our generation i think that were somehow not our generation. This was really a generation after us, or the second wave millennials. Yeah, but it's just like, ugh, really, you think that's representative of the height of creativity? SpongeBob <laughs> will never be a cartoon like SpongeBob again. <sighs> Luckily, your turn of the Living Dead exists, <laughs> and Ernie's a secret Nazi. And, uh, I want to get Freddy's jacket. I've tried to find it on the internet for a while. So fuck you. Yeah, TV. I wanted the TV version. I think I would have to like just get. A Letterman jacket, Letterman jacket and actually, you know, what's that type of stitching? Embroider. Get it embroidered. 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 But they uh, they do manage to convince Ern you know, after they reveal that he is a corpse. And Ern's like, you need, you're you going to owe me a favor, which I, I, mean, like, I don't know what kind of favor you, you get for burning a zombie, but it's got to be a big one. It's probably like you can help him get down to Argentina to get back with Führer. <laughs> I had this guy in Argentina. His name is Adolfo Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> and then, uh, so then the smoke goes up in the atmosphere and it starts to rain down mm-hmm. into the graveyard, and we get our second Ghostbuster sequence. Uh, this one's a little bit more intense. Uh, oh well, first um, uh, we get the line "Go choke a chicken" because uh, that one creepy guy is creeping on the girl. She's like, "You really want to sleep with me, huh?" And he's like, "Well," she said, "Go choke a chicken." And um, I know this from reading IMDb previously about this movie, but uh, apparently the actress who says that line didn't really understand the phrase, so it took like 45 takes for her to get the emphasis right. <laughs> Go choke a chicken. Go choke a chicken. <laughs> Go choke a chicken? Go choke a chicken. So that's pretty good. You also, feel like you'd be able to explain it to her. <laughs> also, that actress was originally going to play Trash's character because Dan O'Bannon met her at a strip club, uh-huh. but she said, no, nah, I'm tired of being naked. So, I'll be this character. <laughs> Good for her, I guess. Yeah. She's tired of being naked. Get it, girl. Um, and it starts raining, and they all run in back into the, the car, and of course the motherfucker has broken his windows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I busted my, I don't have windows. I busted them. <laughs> Anarchy. Yeah. Punk rock for some reason. You destroy your own property. Does he have an X jacket? Yeah, he's got a big X on the back. Yeah. For, either for X-Men, possibly for the band X. Well, they, they were around um, before in the right? X? Yeah. They've been around since like 78. Uh, Isn't that... That's uh, Viggo Mortensen's uh, first wife is the lady from X, I think. Is it really? Something like that. Wow. Is that the one that has his kids with? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, like... uh, (laughs) The cramps are in the the soundtrack. No, it's um, the Grade 45. Uh, Maybe there is a cramps song. There's a cramps song. Oh, no. I'm kind of a cramps aficionado. I'm pretty sure there's a cramps song in there. I have to go back and double check the soundtrack. I'm I'm reasonably certain I heard a Graham song. Well, I think it's Grave Forty Five because they did most of the music in this movie, and they're like a, a fucking Riot Girl type band. <laughs> and their lead singer, her name was uh, Dinah Cancer. Dinah. Dinah. I don't think that's a real name, Kyle. 
Oh, it actually is, though, which is what's interesting about it. Because, you know, Punk's usually like, oh, Sid Vicious, Johnny Rotten, um, Darby Crash, uh, what are some other Joe Strummer. Lorna Doom, Pat Schmier. Joey Ramone, Johnny Ramone, Tommy Ramone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more of the ones where they had, like... Dee Ramone. <laughs> but, what uh, was the other one? The, line, the, the one that one likes? One everyone, no one likes. You know, the oh one Johnny, the, the one that's uh, Republican. No, no, the one that came in after like Joey left and like is a replacement Ramon. Oh shit! Or Dee Dee left. What? You know? I don't know. You know is, what I'm talking about. There's Joey... a fifth Ramon that came in like 1989 or 1992. Um, or... I guess I don't know. It's just Joey, Johnny, Dee Dee, and Tommy. Yeah, and then oh, <laughs> Fred, Fred Ramon. Fred. Uh, yeah, so I think her name is actually cancer though, and, and her parents decided her name her Diana, Diana, Dina. It's D I N A H. Diana cancer. Diana <laughs> cancer. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get that till now. No, that I just didn't get the the pun. But oh, you know, at one point um, Tina had broken off from the group to go get Freddie because it's ten o'clock. Her watch stopped for some reason. It also seemed like Joanna Man's watch stopped. Cause yeah, because he had on to it. hit it. Um, I assume that's probably from, like, the corpse juice that's in the air. Yeah, so, um, apparently the juice brings the dead back to life, and it stops, stops living watches, yeah. turns them to dead. It turns dead things alive, and turns living watches dead. Mm-hmm. Only watches, though. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They, uh, Freddy and Frank breathe them in and turn them dead. Yeah, but none of the other kids get turned dead. Um, yeah, and then, so they run into the car, and they're like, damn, this shit burns, I'm tired of the government fucking up our atmosphere, it must be all them chemtrails, uh, and, but then, like, man, do you hear that? And then it's fucking, boom, 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 boom. Well, the first, uh, Tina is, goes inside, and she sees, like, that everything is ruined, mm-hmm. and, uh, she decides to look down in the basement for some reason? Yeah, because the door's open, there's nowhere, no other places to look. I guess I'd probably just go check out the basement, too. Like, oh, I think I would go down to, like, the landing, the first landing. Yeah. And be like, Fred? Freddy? Uh, Alright, we're good. <laughs> not here, I guess. <laughs> and so she goes down the basement, and then you see the open canister, which is weird, because Frank closed had closed it. it. Mm-hmm. And there's a handprint on it, which I don't think was Frank. But and then we get to see the best zombie in this movie. It's Tar Man! He's here! He's queer. Brains. You better get used to it. He's supposed to be very terrifying. They did a great job on the makeup, but he's just he's cute. Time yeah. is cute. He's not cute. He's scary. What? When he's like, Brains. <laughs> I was watching it last night to make notes uh-huh. and, and on my iPad. I'm like, you know, kids don't come by. There's some scary movie. Of course, Jameson walks by right as time that comes on the screen. He goes, oh! <laughs> I guess, but I think, I just feel like they made his eyes too big and like, cartoony so well that's because all his face is melted away that's how yeah. you look when you have it's just skull and eye i'm like yes i think corpses are cute then because <laughs> i always thought Tarman was kind of cute oh i guess you're a little you got a little trash in you don't you <laughs> yeah tell you me. don't think they're sexy like trash does but you think they're cute like buttons <laughs> i i like death i like i i think death is cute what's the <laughs> cutest way to die <laughs> I think Trash Man give me a big old bear hug. <laughs> I think probably getting drowned by puppies. L- like, you know, I'd put me in a swimming pool and then just fill it with puppies. Well, suffocate on puppies. Oh. You know what a stoning is? I put stones on you until you can't breathe? That, but with puppies. <laughs> puppies, it's gonna take a lot of them. A whole bunch of puppies. Hopefully the puppies will get crushed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's so cute. I don't know if it'll work with puppies now. I thought about the science. Because so, some uh, puppies will get crushed. So, uh, uh, old Tina walks down the steps, and there's Trash Man. Brains. Tar Man. I'm trying to say Tar Man. I just got trash in my head from trash. Mm-hmm. Tar Man. 
He's not ever called Tar Man in the movie, but that's just collectively what he's known as. Yeah, I mean, that's happens in all his movies, cult movies. Tar Man! Like, uh, Gremlins, I don't think the Mohawk guy is ever called Mohawk. Mohawk. I actually found out he's called something different in the credits. Yeah. Stripe or something like that. Stripe, right. Yeah, but I could have sworn everyone thought he was Mohawk. (laughs) But, you know, whatever. Remember in Gremlins 2 when they introduced all the weirdo Gremlins? Gremlins? That's pretty cool. Nothing else about Gremlins 2 is that good, but they had good features. Oh, I like the CEO of the company. Oh, Donald Trump? (laughs) Well, it wasn't... I mean, not really Donald Trump. He's more of like a Ted Turner. Oh, yeah. Because he cared about the environment. He's a hero. Oh, and the... Ted Turner's gonna create a cartoon character (laughs) to save the world. (laughs) It worked, too. Now we're not having any problems with the environment. (laughs) Thank you, Ted Turner. Uh, Also, Hulk Hogan's got a good cameo in... Gremlins too, right? Or John Wayne, depending on which version you say. All right, brother, <laughs> brother, get those gremlins back in the movie and start the film again. <laughs> All right, hold well, I'm gonna drop a leg. Or I'm gonna All dro- these gremlins. Hulkamania's gonna run wild. <laughs> I'm gonna drop an N word in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of black people in Gremlins too. Though. Yeah, but Hulkster hates them. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah, um, they like reinstated his um Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah. So I'm guessing they're probably gonna. Have him show up in WWE again, which is shitty. I guess you just gotta wait like two years and everyone forgets about your bad behavior. Lots of Louis CK's open. Yeah, and also, that's not a that's not a move, man. Like, what no. the fuck's wrong with you? Well, that's like a weird fetish he has or something. Yeah, but that's not something you force on somebody else. You oh, exactly. fucking piece of shit. Yeah, he's like in his comedy shit. He's on brought up from I've seen. He's brought this shit up. Like, talk about it if you want to. If you feel bad about well, it, well, that's and the thing is, like, um, fuck you. A lot of times. Listening to his other stand-up, you can get like, you can tell he's kind of a creep. He talks a lot about his masturbation habits, uh, other stuff too. Like yeah. I remember watching his like very first stand-up special with Stephanie when I was dating her mm-hmm. a long time ago, and like after it was over, she was like, "Honey, oh, kind of made me feel uncomfortable," <laughs> and it was like hmm. hindsight being what it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes people just get those vibes off certain people. And um, he's funny. He's a clever guy, but he does seem like he's a creep. And that's that. Don't ever try to come back, Louis C.K. I'll blast you on the internet. You're making hot takes You've on Twitter. You've made an incredibly powerless internet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'll show you what for. You too, Aziz. I don't remember what you did. I, I think it actually wasn't that bad, but... I, I don't think... Shut up, Aziz. <laughs> I actually think that he ended up not being a, a, being a problem, but I, I had I to go back and read it. Like he had a bad date and, and it, like miscommunication, like reading signs wrong and shit yeah, like that. Which like I, that's kind of like something that just happens. Yeah, but it's kind of funny that it happened to Aziz because his whole stand-up act is about how to read signs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is strange too because that's like not the vibe he gives off. He seems kind of like a, a doofus. Yeah, which would yeah my my I guess my impression of Aziz is always from mostly from. Uh, Parks and Rec, and he seems kind of like a goof. That's mm-hmm. probably not fair to him. <laughs> I, when I see him um, on the internet and in interviews and doing that, you know, stuff where he's not playing characters, he's just disease. He just seems like a goofus. Well, frankly, I don't really need dating advice at this point in my life, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty married and uh, domesticated. Mm-hmm. I don't need dating advice either because I don't believe in love. All I believe in is death. Death. Um, How cute it is. Death. So cute. It's cute. Cute death. Oh, well, let's get back to this cute movie where Tarman showed up. We're only like halfway through the movie <laughs> when Tarman shows well, up. Well, that was the thing too. Like, the, I was looking at it. Like, shit really doesn't start to go down until the movie's halfway over. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, um, 
So I'm gonna shill for Mandy again. Uh, oh, this God. is a pacing, a style, a pacing style of movies that I really like. It was really prevalent in like the late '70s to early '90s, um, and even before that. But it was really prevalent in like horror movies and action movies where they spend the first half of the movie actually somewhat defining the characters, getting you interested on in what's going on, what might happen to these characters, and then like shit hits the fan. So there's actually you have worthwhile feelings about what's going on, the action. Uh, means something you care about the fate of the characters even in this movie where it's comical and you you, as much as you care it's like oh yeah i want to see scuzz get eaten you know (laughs) know, shit like that but you're invested in it a little bit more whereas now it's like all right fucking ant-man's here and he's gonna punch a guy and then spider-man will show up and punch a guy i don't know i think it's unfair to use mcu necessarily as a bad example of storytelling because i think they do pretty good um, I just mean uh, the value of the action or uh, grander events. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, really, the pacing is more like a novel. Because that's how mm-hmm. novels are paced. You, you get introduced to the world, you're introduced to the characters, you get invested in the world, and then you get the change. Mm-hmm. The, this this movie in particular does a lot of really good like character building or storytelling with uh, very little screen time or just mm-hmm. quick little actions like the... Uh, Ernie is a really good example of that. Like in the first two minutes, he's covered in blood. You can tell he doesn't care about death; doesn't bother him at all. He's drinking coffee out of a fucking like uh, Emesis basin. Yeah, and he's got a gun on him at all times, and you can tell he's just kind of wild man. Immediately in two minutes, so you're like, okay, I understand this character. Yeah, like Frank, the same thing. He's like just kind of like a good old boy. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I got a business, but it's not the most important thing in the world. Uh, Oh, especially um, the scene leading up to it afterwards when he realizes that Freddy and Frank are sick. He's like, oh, fuck it. We gotta get an ambulance and get this taken care of. Not like, oh shit, we gotta cover this up. Look, these guys die. <laughs> so yeah, you know all the characters right away. You know Trash, um, she loves death. Although I will say, you don't get a lot of... For how emotionally invested we should be in like Tina and Freddy's story, we don't really get anything out from them necessarily. I feel like that um, was just kind of... Scene dressing? thrown in there yeah. like it's not really important to the plot it's yeah i feel like gonna... the ernie and bert part mm-hmm. is the, and frank are the more interesting or the one was what dan o'brien was really into yeah i think uh the freddie and tina thing is more to connect the two groups of characters so that they can be more character deaths and a reason for the punks to be there a reason to have trash get naked <laughs> wait, wait is there a reason as, for trash getting naked? or uh, a reason for the, trash to be there to be naked yeah exactly no reason for her to be naked but you know that sort of thing it's just that so they can have the two characters be or the two groups of characters connected so we, tina goes down she gets she meets tarman mm-hmm. uh she's brains scared she tries mm-hmm. around the steps there's that damn third step. Third step. It's a bitch. Chekhov's third step. Mm-hmm. Snaps right there. Frank told you. Oh, she wasn't there, though. Yeah, she wasn't. He told the audience. <laughs> um, and so Tarman was chasing her, and she's trying to climb up back up the steps. So at this point, clearly, it's better to just drop. Mm-hmm. And so she does. Oh, so a little behind-the-scenes fact there is uh, they uh, didn't tell the actress about the third step. Um, she was just supposed to run up the stairs, but then when she went on break... Uh, they went in and it's made the, the prop step. step. Prop step. When she came back, they're like, "Hey, just do a test run up the stairs. We want to see what it looks like." And she really hurt herself. 
<laughs> and that's why when she falls through, she doesn't like pull herself up and start going right away because she's just yeah. Like, she looked oh. like she was hurt. <laughs> yeah. It was the best acting from her the entire uh-huh. movie. And I guess we know why. Yeah, because she just actually fell through the floor and hurt herself. <laughs> she had no idea it was gonna happen. And that's how you make movies in the eighties. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the, the I guess the, not necessarily anybody got hurt this way, but uh, Alien that the uh, true chestburster. Um, yeah. No one told them about that. Yeah, the only one that knew was John Hurt, because mm-hmm. it was coming out of him. Uh, in the cupboard. Yeah. And then uh, clearly Tarman has some intelligence in him, because he's like, oh, I'm going to hook this up to the wrench, mm-hmm. a wench, and, and pull these doors off. Uh, meanwhile, her friends have uh, gotten sick of sitting in, uh, in the acid car, acid car full of rain, because mm-hmm. the roof's leaking, there's no windows, and, you know, trash, except for stockings is big. She's got her knee-high socks on, she's ready to go. So they run in, and then I hear Tina screaming downstairs. They're like, this way! And then we get to see... Save the day. Sort of. More like sacrifice so she can get away. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lee. Brains! Scuzz <laughs> gets murdered. He gets his head bitten, right? And then once again, we get to see that Spider is the smartest man alive, because he slams the door shut and holds it. He's like, you dumb motherfuckers! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold the door with me! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, in Tarman, a man doesn't move that fast, and he, like, just kind of, like, shuffles into the He, like, lumbers and, and gets him. It's a creepy... He has a creepy walk. It's actually kind of like Conor McGregor's yeah, when gorilla walk. You guys can't see it because it's a podcast, but I was doing it pretty well. That was spot on. Well, I wasn't using my legs at all, though. I was just doing the upper body part because I'm sitting in a chair. But it's pretty good. I watched his moves to figure it out. I'm the next Conor McGregor, even though I'm older than him. Probably shouldn't start fighting now because I'll get killed. Just like Scuzz, when he got his cabeza bitten. Brains. 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 And really from here, there's like, it's just a lot of people dying. Yeah, so this is it. Now, movies, like, we're getting to kicked into gear now. Everyone's gonna die. Um, for some reason, they just kind of like flee the medical warehouse and there's... Like, yeah, they, even though they've barricaded Tarman in there, they're like, fuck this place. I guess I it makes sense. They don't know that the other zombies are out there right. yet. So. so they run back to the graveyard. Uh, and they're trying to get to the mortuary because that's where they mm. think Freddy ended up. Because some, they, they, they saw, saw him earlier. Or even maybe. though they, they think they saw him going in there. Yeah. And then they uh, see the zombies pop out of the ground. And they all decide to scatter. <laughs> <laughs> no one stick together. Flee! Everyone for himself. Humans don't work well as groups. We'll never survive this as a group. we got to split up for ultimate survivability. <laughs> we've evolved to be this strong on our own <laughs> should be fine and then yeah they just kind of get picked off humans are solo hunters we and uh trash meets her ultimate fate uh, which is what she described mm-hmm. as you know her greatest fear although she didn't really seem afraid of it she actually seemed uh, she was kind of turned uh, on by it. it yeah and then because she loves death i love thinking about death although at the in the moment it didn't seem like she loved it so much she was like ah oh, wait a minute i've made a horrible mistake which is what you hear a suicide victim saying if they survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she gets eaten alive by a bunch of old men. Like, really old men, because they're zombies, so some could be upwards of 100 years yeah, old. Yeah, I mean, they might. Uh, they look like they could be in their 40s, but mm-hmm. you don't know. They could be several. They could have died in their 40s. This is Louisville, Kentucky, right? Yes, this is where this half of the movie takes place. Um, Dick Cheney lives somewhere on the West Coast. Right. Uh, trash gets eaten, uh... Spider's still alive. Him and Tina make it to the mortuary. And Scuzz. No, Suicide. Suicide. Yeah, Scuzz got bitten by... Uh, they start busting on the mortuary door, and Ernie's there with a gun, and he's like, What are you, on PCP? 
<laughs> and just like the guy in Death Wish 2. <laughs> exactly. And he lets them in. They all, they look you know, crazy people. Um, so I guess good on Ernie. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's already seen some crazy shit tonight and um, during World War II. <laughs> well, he's done some crazy shit yes. during World War II is he what I imagine at this point. Crazy shit. Um, oh, we skipped the part where the paramedics show up and tell Freddy and, and Frank that they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You guys are dead. Okay, bye. <laughs> We're not saying that you're dead necessarily, because obviously dead people don't talk, but you're dead. <laughs> but uh, We're going to get some stretchers and some body bags. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> but they get chomped on by zombies, too. Yeah. Sent more paramedics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some, kind of a little slapstick to it. Yeah. Because he's just kind of like... And I know that's like a someone that has had like some horrible accident or was born with some terrible <laughs> deformity. Mm-hmm. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah. Remember the Dawn of the Dead remake? They're just like, yeah, we just went and found like amputees, mm-hmm. people missing limbs. Like, oh yeah, be in our movie. I mean, if they're up for it, right? It's yeah, I guess so. Exploitative. I mean, I think I would do it if I would. Why not? Well, I would definitely do it because I like zombie movies. So I'd be like, hell yeah, I'll be a zombie with my missing arm. I don't actually have a missing arm, but if I did, you'd see me in a lot of zombie movies. Yeah, I don't make a lot of zombie movies these days. Good. You have to be in Walking Dead a lot. Walking Dead's fucking whack. Well, yeah, that's true, but you still have to do it. I saw um an advertisement for Walking the Dead. Walking the Dead. <laughs> Walking Dead during the UFC fight last night, because I guess they sponsored part of it. And this is the last season that... uh Yeah, Lincoln. Yeah. Name. What's his name? Can't remember something. Abraham Lincoln. It's the last time, last season. He'll be in it, and they're promoting it that way. Like this is Rick Grimes' final episode. You mean like the final episodes of the series? Because <laughs> no one's watching it after he's gone. No, they're gonna follow our Norman Reedus. I'm gonna shoot across Blade Two. Norman Reedus. Yeah. So, anyways, fuck the Walking Dead. Do they still make the comics? Yeah, I think they do. I haven't read it in a while. Robert Kirkman, you nerd. Absolute nerd. Already <laughs> <laughs> let them in, and then paramedics came, and then shit happened. And really, I don't know, there's not really much story to talk about from here. It's no, just no, it's, this is where it's just like, all out, crazy zombie action. <clears throat> they have um, some really cool camera angles, and, and some interesting shots they do. Uh, they talk to one of the zombies, who tells oh. them that it hurts to be dead, so brain will make him feel better. That's like one of the creepiest scenes in the movie, when her, <laughs> like, uh, her tail, her... Her spine? Spinal cord tail is just kind of whipping around back and yeah. forth. And her voice is uh, really interesting, too, because I'm pretty sure it's a man trying to do a woman's voice. Well, I mean, you had to... I think it was just an interesting <laughs> choice, because like, how does this woman talk? She has no diaphragm, mm-hmm. right? So how is air moving in and out of her lungs and shit? Yeah. I just think it's a really interesting like a choice how they did it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. That's uh, one of the big things you can say about this movie. It's shot really well. Um, a lot of the acting was really good for what it is because it's supposed to be slightly over the top obviously um and then you had a lot of good creative ideas um freddy and uh frank are full-blown zombies yeah but uh, frank you know kind of realizes the situation he's like i'm just gonna burn myself yeah but freddy oh there's a there's a shot of, of frank when he's staring at the fire that i really like of the the furnace mm-hmm. uh, and he's got his mouth kind of open it's like almost like frankenstein i guess Looking at fire in a way, or mm-hmm. or how I imagine primitive man staring at fire. I just I just really like the, the that shot and his reaction. Yeah, it's pretty good. I also like how um the camera kind of like moves behind him mm-hmm. and sets in the frame and cut to side close up of him. You see that look on his face, very well acted again. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm doing it." Kisses his ring, puts it on a little <clears> switch. 
Yeah, because he really loved his wife. He just wanted to get home to a hot pot roast. I mean, I guarantee you that if Frank got home to a lamb chop dinner, he wouldn't yell at his wife about like, it. Shit, I had lamb chops already, but two lamb chops today. It's like a two lamb chop day. It's all coming up Frank. <laughs> it's all coming up Frank. You know what? That's the spirit of the working class. A working class hero. Yeah, he's something to He's a working class hero. Not like Dick Cheney. Can't eat two lamb chops in one day. Too, too heavy for him. Yeah. Go talk to your microwave radio. Fucking apple. Uh, yeah, so Frank does the right thing. He kills himself. Uh, Freddy doesn't. I I don't think it's like a character flaw that he doesn't do it. He like just, Freddy? Yeah, he just seemed like he was... I think Freddy was just further gone than yeah, Frank was. Yeah, he was far gone. And so then he turns into a zombie, and he wants to eat Tina real bad. Yeah, not <laughs> Tina specifically. Like, he... There's because, other brains, but Tina is... Mm, it's because, um, the... I'm guessing, like, Tina's trying to save herself toward, toward for marriage, and this is sort of like a sexual frustration sort of pastiche <laughs> that they got going on. That's, like, always the vibe I got from it. And it might just be me being sexist and weird, but I feel like it's implied that it's some sort of weird sexual thing, almost. Well, I mean, the whole... You, you, it's difficult to argue against that, given Trash's entire perspective. Yeah, um, there's, like... I don't know, there's a weird sexuality to this movie in general. And I think it's there on purpose. And more so than just it being an exploitive 80s movie. But who knows? I don't know. Dan O'Bannon's dad, I can't ask him. Otherwise, I hit him up on Twitter. I'll get a Ouija board. We gotta go back to uh, after Trash's dance, though, when she's, like, dancing up on Scuzz. Oh, and he's like, get away from me. Respect the dad. Why does no one understand me? They Don't they know I lead an interesting internal life? And you guys always just... Bother me for a ride. Like, oh, don't you know what I do for you? Yeah. It was like um, his attempt at like a Brando monologue. I applaud him for the attempt. <laughs> but before, he just trashes rubbing him against. Him. He's like, "What are you doing? Respect the dead." <laughs> yeah, I like to lead him to it though because that creepy guy's creeping on trash, and he's like, "Being a creep," so you're like, "Oh, he's a hero. He loves trash, or you know whatever." But then he's like, "Nah, I just want to talk like wax poetically about how I'm so misunderstood by." You other misunderstood kids. <laughs> I'm the most misunderstood of all of you. <laughs> you think this is a costume? And like a little bit, yeah. Uh, no one knew how I was before I put on the mask. <laughs> before I put on all these chains. Uh, yeah, so then this is kind of like really the last act of the movie is Freddy trying to get Tina. And uh, yeah, it chases her up into the uh, crawl space. Yeah. And she's, you know, doing the most brilliant move ever of screams when, you know, he uh, is egging her on. Mm-hmm. He's antagonizing her. Clearly, to try to find out where she's at, because he's he's been blinded by Ernie's, uh, you know, quick use of acid. Yep, got him good, got him real good. <laughs> I, that's always this that bothers me. I guess and it's a kind of a trope in all horror movies is that you know women um, uh, lose their cool unnecessarily. Yeah, like just running around screaming and stuff. Um, I just feel like that's not necessarily anyone's natural reaction to situations like that. I mean, everyone's yeah, like different, if, but it's just. I, I I imagine your reaction in that situation would not be to scream; it would be to clam up and be completely silent. Yeah, you're trying you're like to hide, freeze, right? right? You would freeze. Trying to hide, I thought. Uh, we also got to talk about um, as this is all happening, they're building up to the last event, and so the police are showing up, and they're getting wrecked by the zombies. Yeah, send more cops. Send more cops, and uh, so a military guy seems to. They've been 
clued in that zombie stuff's happening. Well, I mean, Frank and Spider get away in the police car, and they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to get Tina Ernie out, but there's just no way they're too mobbed. And yeah. then Spider's like, you gotta go back! And he's like, no way, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> and then he crashes the police car into the uh, into his warehouse, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to blow up both his and Frank's car in the process. Yeah. So there's no escape. And he calls the cops first, and mm-hmm. they formed a quarantine around the area. And they're like, Wait, what's going on in there? And uh, at this point, you see the zombies break through the barrier. You have yeah, and you see zombie trash. Zombie trash and her, her Tasmanian tiger mouth. Yeah, which is really cool. <laughs> um, they made like a special cup to cover her vagina in the movie. Oh, did they? Yeah, so you never, even though like the dance sequence and there's tons of scenes of, like full frontal in the movie, it's like all covered up. So she just looks like... Um, Barbie Alan Rickman in Dogma. Yeah. When he pulls down his pants. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then he beat the cops. Uh, everything's looking pretty grim. Tell you what. So he calls the number on the side of the canister next. It's last yeah. resort, oh, army time. Yeah, yeah. He's it's... like, they got some sort of contingency plan. <laughs> and you can hear Dick Cheney on the other end. He's like, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yep. No, no, you did what you could. No, no, that's fine. Yep. No, 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 no. Oh, I understand. Right. Yep, no, 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 you're all gonna die. Okay, bye. Because <laughs> they're just gonna blow him up with a nuke. Because fuck zombies. <laughs> hey, do you guys hear something? I do love that. Like, the last scene of the movie is right before the nuke drops. Or, not the last scene, but, you know, it's right before the nuke drops. Uh, Freddy's about to burst in and eat Tina and Ernie. Um, and then, boom, nuclear explosion. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, all the ashes go up into the sky, and you see the storm traveling. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, if they make a sequel, it'll be all of the East Coast. But uh, no, it's not. <clears throat> well, I think they, <clears throat> I haven't seen the sequel in a long time. They do make a sequel, but. It doesn't follow. If I recall, kinda, it does not follow. I'm pretty sure it's just kind of the same shit, but yeah. done worse. It's just a, it's really just a remake of the first one. Yeah, with more money. And no heart. And they, they think they made, like, Return of the Living Dead, like, 3 and 4, and, like, the fourth one was relatively recent. Well, they made Return of the Living Dead 3, came out, like, 1992, mm-hmm. and then they have, like, I don't know if they've called them 4 or 5, but it's, like, Return of the Living Dead, Afterthought, Return of the oh, Living Dead, Zombie Strike yeah, Again. Yeah, that's what like it is. Yeah. That's so... <sighs> you know, they should let us have Return of the Living Dead. Let's make a Return of the Living Dead movie. Yeah, we can make a good sequel to Return of the Dead. We're gonna call it Return of the Dead 2. It's going to pick up exactly where Return of the Living Dead came in and stopped. Oh, shit. And it's still going to be 1986. So, everyone get your fucking punk rock wardrobe ready. Oh, shit. Because it's going to be punks versus zombies. What's Shawana Man doing these days? I've, you know, I'm sorry. Too much. I used to know the actor's name, and I, I don't anymore. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joanna Man. He's probably not up to too much, because I haven't seen him in anything. I'm guessing he probably still looks pretty good, because from this movie... To Scooby Doo, which was like 2002, he looked looked exactly the same. <laughs> well, so, you know, black don't crack. Black don't crack. That's true. Yeah, well, fucking so. Angela Bassett in uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, Angela Bassett in anything. No, I guess that's true. She has that 911 show that I don't watch, but Rescue 911 from the mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah, Re- Reno 911. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a Rescue 911, but Reno 911 is the one you're thinking of. No, I'm thinking of Reno 911. Uh, Rescue 911. Are you? Yeah, the one from the 90s that was hosted by Robert Stack. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like amazing no, stories from 911. Whatever. I think it was called Rescue 911. Yeah, it was Rescue 911. Ultra Magnus. Damn it! Open. Uh, open. And he gets gunned down like a punk. Yeah. Well, Ultra Magnus is a punk. He's a little douche. <laughs> He looked cool. He did look cool. He, got cool he thought he was Optimus Prime, but he wasn't Optimus Prime. No. 
He was red, white, and blue, though. I salute you, American Magnus. <laughs> so, what do you overall? What do you think of Return of the Dead? You've already praised oh, it. To hell Eleven out of ten. Um, I think it's got a seven point five on IMDb. Oh, that's kind of low. Has to be a mistake. Um, seven point four. Uh, you gotta think though. What's uh? I gotta I'm gonna look it up. What's Land of the Dead have on IMDb? Because this is a movie better movie than Land of the Dead. Oh, Land of the Dead's got to be in the fours, five maybe. Uh, the thing with IMDb ratings is not to John Leguizamo, not to be pretentious or anything, but it's like the ratings are just like regular ass people. Well, I mean, that, the, so more this, recent movies are gonna be rated higher too. Yeah, because so, they're gonna have more traffic. And if you're just like a regular ass person who caught it's like it's October now, it's Spooktober. You feel like watching a horror movie and you see Return of the Living Dead on Amazon, never seen it before, and you watch it. You have no context for like what 80s horror was like, the satire in it. You know, you don't really understand what it's about. You just think it's a shitty, cheesy zombie movie. You're going to go on IMDb and give it like a three or a four. And I guess maybe objectively, that's like. I don't know. That doesn't seem fair. I feel like I could go into this movie not knowing anything about like zombie movies. Or the satire behind it, and still find it enjoyable. Like Coopston really doesn't really tie key into movies the same way you and I do. Mm-hmm. But she still really liked the movie. She got scared before she should have stopped watching it. Oh, that's pretty good then. I just imagine a lot of people are like, "Uh, it's Halloween's in two days. Here's a zombie movie. Let's watch it." And be like, "Damn, there's barely any blood, and uh, there's no one with shotguns chasing people. You know, like the Darwin the Dead remake." Or- Oh, the zombie movies are just more action oriented now. So if you don't have any mm-hmm. World context for horror movies in the eighties, you just this is boring. This is dumb. This is cheesy. That could be wrong. It's got seven point five. That's actually or seven point four. That's more than I thought it would see on the IMDb. I mean, I again, it's only three movies in, but this is far and away my favorite so far. Um, Death Wish is a, a terrorist shit. <laughs> Cobra was all right. Cobra's all right. Charlie Living Dead just uh, Cobra was all right, but it, the reason I like it the most is really like Gonzalez and you know old uh, cheekbones and jawline. Mm-hmm. Alien assassin. Yeah. What's bleed, Pug? Yeah, but Charlie Living Dead for me, it's that's eleven out of ten. Like, I mean, it's not in my top ten favorite movies of all time, but it is my favorite zombie movie of all time. Probably my favorite like cheesy eighties horror movie. Uh, I don't even think it's cheesy. It's uh, purposefully campy. Mm-hmm. And I love camp. <laughs> I love John Waters movies. I so love campy. That's like, I'm all about that shit. So yeah, I love Turn of Living Dead. It's definitely the best movie watched. I think it's probably going to be, for me, it'll be the best movie we watched for a oh, long wow. time just because I love it so much. Uh, hopefully we get one that surprises you. Next movie is Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps, which is... Um, a similar zombie van. Yeah. We're like, we got a zombie theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this should be on Halloween, so happy Halloween if you guys are actually listening to it on Yeah, Halloween. happy Halloween. Um, happy Samhain. Uh, make sure to burn stuff. Uh, what's that? Drink whiskey, eat pussy, hail Satan, <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, you can find us at adventureproductions.com. Oh, also since it's like Spooktober, if you are listening to this on Halloween and you want to watch some other Halloween movies, I've been watching like horror movies every night this month. So, like, man, watch Night of the Creeps because we're going to watch it. Slither. Uh, well, I mean, watch Night of the Creeps and then watch Slither because that's really the way yeah. of the order to watch Halloween that. 3, Season of the Witch, is the best Halloween movie. What? Halloween 1 is the best Halloween movie. <laughs> oh. I mean, the Wait, best. Wait, Halloween 3 is the one where it doesn't really have Mike Myers in it, right? 
Yes, because uh, he it was a, he wanted to do an anthology series, but Mike Myers was too popular and he had right, to bring yeah. it back. But Season of the Witch is dope. Obviously, the first one's the best, but Season of the Witch is cool. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Just fucking Suspiria, The Witch, so you can see Black Phillip. Basically, everyone, just have a great Halloween. Watch some scary movies. Join us next time for Night of the Creeps. Fucking Space Force, bro.